As we do every week, we have dragged Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports back onto the podcast to talk about the Mondays with Mel Press Conference, what he saw from the Akron game, and also a little game overreaction or proper reaction. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am with the three greatest kinds of people in the world right now. Number one, the listeners of Lockdown Spartans. Number two, the viewers of Lockdown Spartans, if you're watching on YouTube. And number three is just quite simply Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. He's back as he is every week to talk about, well, what he saw from the game, what's going to go on to the next game, and everything in between. But before getting to him, hey, just want to thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And before I even let Stephen talk, just two quick pieces of news here from Michigan State. The first one, hey, the Spartans are kicking off against Minnesota at 3.30 in two weeks for the Big Ten opener. And then, uh, just like last week, Jacoby Winman wins Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He is the first back-to-back Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, excuse me, of the week since 2017. Although I guess he's in good standing to win Defensive Player of the Year, so maybe I'm foreshadowing. Regardless, Steven, you just came from Mondays with Mel press conference. What was your biggest takeaway from your meeting with Mr. Mel Tucker? Hmm, I, I don't. I guess I don't ever really like think of it like that way. But I mean, like, yeah. so right off the bat, I'll just say he was asked about Jaden Reed. Of course, I'm sure a lot of your listeners want to know about Jaden Reed. Uh, give me a guess what you think he said, Matt. S O R E is, is my guess. He's sore. He's sore. He is sore. He is sore. Oh, and he's, he'll be ready when he's ready. Um, oh, so the, the, okay. the, the stock up. answer there uh, got it twice actually. You know, somebody that uh, that wasn't always around uh, sort of tried to get clarification, not realizing that's that's sort of Mel's like uh, you know go to line there. And um, so we got it twice today. Uh, I, I I think, and this is not um, anything that I've heard or anything, but I do think he'll probably play out there. Um, okay. It sounded like uh, I think the TV broadcast actually said it was a back injury, a cut, you know, something from from landing on the sideline when he made that catch. So. And look, obviously, the way that game uh, went and was going, you didn't need to, to hurry him yeah. back or anything. So I, I got a feeling he'll probably be out there or at least give it a go um, and see how he can do. But I think he's good there. The other thing I think is interesting, and again, sadly, didn't get a ton of detail, tried, didn't get a ton. But, you know, Saturday night, Mel mentioned something about uh, having sort of special preparations for this game. You know, not exactly the same, but similar to Miami last year where yeah. it was all hands on deck and it was something they thought about over the summer. And, you know, they cranked up the heat in the indoor a couple times during training camp and just the hydration, the nutrition. All There was just so much more emphasis and, and extra thought put into that trip going down there in, in mid-September in the heat. He mentioned that sort of having a similar sort of, uh, you know, diligence to put together some something different for going three hours west. I asked him about it and he just straight up said, like, I don't really want to reveal a lot about what we're doing, but we are doing some things. Uh, the one thing that he let slip, I, I don't even know if it was, you know, yeah. The one thing he said was um, that they're asking their guys to go to bed an hour earlier. So there's that. So you've got sleep and, and secrets, I guess, right now are the plan. But, you know, he's been in the NFL, of course. Uh, he knows a bunch of people, of course. So between those, between his experience and people he can lean on, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they're uh, – They've got something going on, you know, to help these guys get adjusted and everything. Because it's not—it's it's the time difference, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's also like you talk to any athlete or you hear some of these guys talking about it lately. Like, what what being on a plane that long does to your body? 
um, can do some weird stuff, you know, and look, I'm not a, an athlete to tell you, uh, when I go on the plane, I try to get to sleep as fast as possible, but, um, yeah, there, there's some real data and science there and everything too. So I don't know if he's got them all sleeping in anti-gravity hyperbaric, this and that sure. chambers and tents or whatever, but, uh, rest assured there is some, you know, special planning that's going on with this. And, and I always think that stuff's, uh, interesting and I think reflects well, you know, on, on him and his support staff and, and all the, all these people involved that, that they're forward thinking like that. Yeah, and you know as well as anyone does, you know, Mel keeps a lot of his answers short, not a lot of detail in the press conference. And a lot of fans know this by now as well, but the, he went into detail about one quote that was a little long that I want to turn into a question for you, actually. And he was talking about this year's team versus last year's team, and he said, quote, we're building the story of this year's team right now. Last year's team is gone. That's a different team. This is a new team. This is a new season. So we're focused on what we have to do on a day-to-day basis to prepare to play good football. And what he meant by that was, like, look, you can't rest on your laurels from last year as good as you were but the podcaster me is going to turn this into a question for you Stephen. so far after two games small sample size against two mac teams what is the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team in your opinion whoa uh we don't have one of the (laughs) yeah well i'll just go i mean i'll just start with the obvious you don't have one of the what three four five best players in the country i don't think yeah, Correct. <laughs> um, look, maybe Jacoby Winman's making a case for it. I mean, my gosh, he's had a heck of a start here. But uh, as I mentioned last week, I do want to see him do it, you know, starting this week against some Power 5 competition because, I mean, he's been he's been eating guys' lunch like Akron and Western, you know, for, for a couple of years out at UNLV. So I, I do want to see that. But, yeah, that's the biggest difference is you don't have that game breaker, you know. Um, like I'm talking about Kenneth Walker, folks, uh, if you haven't put that together. I mean, sure, right, yeah. he, could, he could get you out of trouble. He could make something out of nothing. I mean, look, we all know what he, how special he was. That's number one. You don't have that guy that can just bail you out and throw you a life raft at almost any given moment against almost anybody. You don't have that. Uh, And then defensively, though, I would say, look, sample size is small. Uh, Competition has not been great, but they just look so much more athletic and versatile defensively. Um, Really across the board, defensive line, linebackers, secondary look more athletic. Every level is more versatile as a collective, as an 11. They're more versatile, I think. there's so much through these first two weeks, I'm seeing so much more um, just rotating and mixing of coverages than I was a year ago. Whereas especially this early in September a year ago, it was cover three or it was man, you know, cover yeah. one type of thing. It was basically one of two things. Now you're seeing a lot more cover two sprinkled in They're They're going back to their cover three roots and everything quarters, man, different type of blitzes and pressures with all the things they can do with this front. We saw some actual, uh, sort of three linebacker uh, formations on defense this week where it looked like the old Antonio defense. And then we've got the things where you've got the one stand-up edge. Sometimes you've got two stand-up guys. And so there's all sorts of different stuff uh, going on there. And I, I would say that's one of the other main differences at this point. You know, you don't have that game breaker on offense. Defensively, just more versatile uh, and just more athletic across the board. I, mean, I know we talked about that a little bit last week, but these guys just look different from a physical standpoint. And speaking of defense, too, like I, I thought, you know, just to go into an individual um, observation right here is that Kendall Brooks, I, I thought did as well as you could have hoped for a kid to do. How would you, oh, yeah. you know, like his game? Did, I mean, was it pretty much as good as us state fans you know, really think that it was? Um, and, yeah, OK, of course, keep in mind, yeah, it was Akron, yada, yada, yada. But look, it, he was sticking his tackles. I, I don't think he missed a single tackle all the game. So how do you grade his game, I guess, from from Saturday? Can we feel OK about this? Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to feel good. Okay. I mean, you All lose right. a four-year starter in X. Um, yeah. As I've talked about, one of their smartest guys, one of their one of their leaders, one of their most reliable players and everything. And, I mean, Kendall Brooks has not 
I'm not, he really hasn't, you know, lost a step when they put him in there, to be honest. I mean, he's always around the ball. I think that's what you like, uh, first of all. He's always near the action, um, mm-hmm. which is good. And that's how he's getting some of these forced fumbles and whatnot. That was another thing Mel talked about today is like turnovers happen when you've got bodies around the ball. And that one that he uh, had his hand in, he didn't get credit with it. Jacoby Winman uh, actually popped it out. But there was like six guys swarming that ball carrier where that uh, that one one of the yeah. 12 fumbles or whatever after right. had, uh, came out. <laughs> So I like that Brooks is always around the ball. My thing was, and I'd, I'd heard he was a hitter. I'd saw he was a hitter coming out of North Greenville. Um, my thing was like the foot speed and the agility and just, you know, was he going to be a, a liability covering guys? And look, at least against Akron, he wasn't. I mean, that mm-hmm. one, uh, that single coverage PBU he had was was impressive. Uh, I mean, if he can keep doing that stuff, he, he's, he's more, he's quicker, more fluid athletically than I think he looks because he looks sort of like a stocky, uh, just sort of a, a box, you know, type of player but uh, i think he's a little bit he's got a little more to him in downfield coverage than than it might look uh obviously he's a ferocious hitter you know when he does get near guys so i don't think there's a you know not, to this point he hasn't shown any reason to be concerned by it. i think he's stepped in and, and shown himself to be a quality starting caliber player at this level now i'm not saying he is x henderson or he's going to take his job or anything sure. um, yeah. but i think he's been good enough to step in there and give them what they need uh to the point that even when X comes back, I do think that Brooks has earned a spot in a rotation type of capacity. Like, I don't think uh, Henderson's going to come back and we'll never see Brooks again. I think he's going to be part of this thing um, as we move forward because I think he's he's earned that. He's proven that. So, yeah, very, very promising. And he's got a heck of a story. I wrote about it. Uh, a lot of folks wrote about it. But, uh, yeah, I won't bore everybody with that. But go check that out. He's oh, got on. a really interesting uh, path that he took to get here. Right on. So, okay, we've already hit a lot so far. Monday's with Mel. You know, we talk about Kendall Brooks, but we also got a lot to talk about. We have two big elephants in the room. Some (laughs) might not be a good elephant. Some are very fun elephants to talk about, but we're going to do it in back-to-back segments of a game that we quite simply call overreaction or proper reaction. But first, Steve, nice to say goodbye to your handsome face for a hot second because I got to talk to the fine folks about Upside. That is right from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Look, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. But that's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out because with every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, that's right, just LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and bang, just get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week, and that's probably why they have earned a 4.8-star rating on the App Store. So what on earth are you waiting for? Get money in your pocket, download the free Upside app, and use promo code Locked to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Once again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. And as we welcome the wonderful Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, hey, just want to thank you all for making us your first listen and view every single day as we build up to Week three's kickoff against Washington. Stephen, Look, we're going to play a game overreaction or proper reaction. Uh, some of these are thoughts that I have. Some of them are thoughts I just saw a lot of on Twitter or message boards. You know, a real good melting pot to get some rational thinking. Always. Um, and always. But, hey, I'm one of these people that do it. So, ah, sorry, hand up. I'm one of the people that are, are causing these problems. 
Overreaction or proper reaction, Stephen? Uh, Peyton Thorne is shaky and is having an overthrow problem he's never had. And Spartan fans have every right to panic ahead of this Washington game. Is this an overreaction to worrying about Peyton Thorne? Or do people need to just calm down a little bit on dissecting his game right now? What are your thoughts on the hottest topic in MSU football banter? Right. Yeah, no, 100% proper uh, to be concerned. Okay. Um, I think concern is a way. I mean, I think you might have put a little too much flavor on it for my taste. But uh, okay. but yeah, concern for sure. I mean, it's not just blue skies and, and everything's all dandy. I mean, no, this is um, – I wrote it in my post-game like, grade uh, article. Like, last week wasn't just a blip. Like, this is now three games if you go back to the Peach Bowl. And yeah. he was quite awful in, for most of that game. And now, look, you give him credit. He figured some things out and, and put it together late. But – for the most part, uh, that wasn't a winning performance from Peyton Thorne in the Peach Bowl. Western Michigan was you know, 50% completion rate. That That's not going to get it done against anybody, yeah. uh, you know, of substance in the Big Ten. And then last week you know, against Akron, of course, we saw a lot of the same thing. So absolutely, because there's a pattern here now. So, um, look, I, I think, and, and I, I thought this all offseason, not, I'm not trying to make it sound like revisionist history, but I do think a lot of folks, and maybe I was guilty of it, but I've kind of always felt this way, like, they were kind of putting the, what, the cart before the horse with Peyton Thorne. I mean, I thought he always – this guy was on, like, ESPN's top 100 players list, you know, and things of that yeah. nature. And I, I, I thought he had a good year last year. And, and somehow, you know, 27 touchdowns somehow was a Michigan State record, which doesn't seem right <laughs> in this day and age. But this, he, he always needed to show more and take that next step. You know, I always go back to those games last year where Kenneth Walker was either, A, not available, or – B, as weird as it sounds, like bottled up a little bit. I'm thinking sure. of Nebraska. I'm thinking of Indiana at times. Ohio State, of course, but everybody was, you know, just uh, getting bombarded that game. So I don't blame him that much there. And then, of course, the Peach Bowl. But when Kenneth Walker wasn't being an All-American, Peyton Thorne was not picking up the slack and, and taking the baton there. And so, you know, we've seen a little bit of an extension of that. The, the difference, though, is sort of this mechanical stuff, you know, this right. year, where it's, it's the overthrows, the underthrows, the just wide five yards to the right. I mean – Look, guys, it's hard to to miss Keon Coleman's catch radius, and I know I'm sort of leading the charge on, on his hype and everything. But look, it's it, it's true though. Like the dude's six three, two hundred, whatever. He can jump out of the gym. It's hard to miss his catch radius, and he's missing his catch radius a couple times. Uh, yeah. So you know, mechanically, I'm not you know George Whitfield. I can't tell you if it's if it's a one degree difference here on the release angle or this or that. Sure. But clearly, something's <laughs> right. wrong. Um, I don't. I do think he's a little. He just he doesn't sound, seem very comfortable in the pocket. Um, I, my so of course that was a topic after the game, and nobody wants to say he's pressing. Nobody wants to say he's frustrated. Other than Peyton, Peyton said he's frustrated, but mm-hmm. Mel Tucker, Noah Kim, some of his teammates, nobody really wanted to say. You know, and that's fine if that's their opinion. I'm just saying that nobody you know was like, yeah, you know, I think it, the pressure might be getting to him, or you know, the the desire to sort of take that step and be the star might be getting to him. Nobody said that, but. I think we can all kind of see that, right? You know, um, yeah. last week, the first week, there was the there's the issue, the, the storyline with his dad, you know, and I don't know how much that played into it, but now we're two weeks in a row where where some of these issues are are coming up, and so I do think that there there's some pressing going on. Um, look, he was he was the star of the offseason, kind of. Even though I wouldn't, I would have never called him Michigan State's best player. That's Jade Reed. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's Jacoby Winman now, but you know, he was nil this. He was speaking engagement that. He was. Uh, promoting this you know not i'm not just saying off the field but just you know uh like i said espn's top 100 list he was just he yeah. was like the the main guy getting a lot of hype in the offseason so i don't know if any of that sort of coming around and, and getting to him or anything like that or if he thought he had to play himself into the nfl this year i'm just sort of spitballing at this point 
but I know that he's got to be better. And I know that, look, everybody that's calling for Noah Kim, just settle down. Like, we haven't seen that's a little too much. This yeah. Guy. yeah, that that's an overreaction to the to the nth degree. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen nearly enough of this guy. The only thing you've seen of him has been against one of the three worst teams in FBS football late in a blowout. Okay, so let's just settle down there. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you got to give Peyton some time to try to figure it out. Not unlimited leash. You know, he hasn't earned that. He hasn't had the job for life, but we're not at that point yet. Um, but some concern and some some raised eyebrows are, are warranted at this point. Uh, and I'll just say one other thing is I don't, you know, the Western game and a little bit in Akron too, a lot of it, I shouldn't say a lot, but but part of me thinks that Peyton's maybe not fully comfortable with his protection all the time. You know, I thought there, especially in the Akron yeah. game, I thought there were some weird moments where he was mismanaging the pocket and almost floated into pressure, you know, as, as opposed to escaping it or was feeling it too early. Um, so I think from my observations, I don't think he has the, the, the utmost trust in the protection that he's getting, even though in that Akron game specifically, I did think he was getting protected pretty well. Uh, Western, bit of a different story. But I, I, I think that's that's part of the equation here as well. Yeah, you're echoing a lot of things that I said yesterday. And, you know, if anyone missed the show, I don't expect everyone to listen to every single show. But, yeah, I, I, like, I, I think he's pressing, right? I mean, he knows he's the guy. He knows he has the weapons around him. And essentially this whole season is on kind of his shoulders because the defense is already showing that they could do enough. And yeah, just like you said, you know, hey, like Western, I, I could come up with a laundry list of excuses for him. I'm a Peyton Thorne slappy. Hey, he's playing his dad. That's nerve-wracking. Oh, he's a little rusty. He's got to get used to new targets. But then Akron, you start to overthrow, just like he said, Keon Coleman a few times. We're missing. It's not like we're missing Cade McDonald here, like a small guy. Like <laughs> Missing Keon that many times on pretty easy routes, too. That's where I start to go, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't have a lot of excuses for you anymore. We're going to have to have a big game against Washington coming up. So, yeah, unfortunately, um, okay. Proper reaction. I know, I know it's not the answer we wanted to hear, but unfortunately, it's, it's just the, the truth, I think, is that, okay, we need to see Peyton. Step up here in Seattle, so, oh boy. Um, hey, do you know what? I'm going to change the vibe right now. Let's go to something fun, uh, one of the fun elephants in the room. Uh, overreaction. Yeah, I was curious what the fun elephant was when you mentioned that. What's the, what, where, where, oh, what we got I, here? There, there, there's no shortage of fun elephants here. It's been a good start. We're 2-0. Okay, so here it is, Steven. Jacoby Winman is the Kenneth Walker of defense. <laughs> he is a game-breaker. He is as good on defense as Kenneth Walker was on offense. And once again, Mel Tucker has won the transfer portal in the year of our Lord, 2022. Overreaction or proper reaction? Take us to church, Stephen Brooks. Overreaction. Uh, nah, okay. and that is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Folks, you got a good host here. You're in good hands. Thank as, you. Appreciate it. <laughs> this is, no, this is good. No, both, both topics, uh, they fit well in the game. Yeah, absolutely uh, overreaction. Because as I mentioned, he was doing this in the Mountain West. He was killing people out there, yeah. you know. I mean, in West in Akron again is just not very good. Western was breaking in some new offensive linemen. Um, but here's a you know to call him Kenneth Walker. As I said, he Kenneth Walker was no worse than the fifth best player in college football. I'd say I would probably have Correct. him higher. I did. I had second on my Heisman ballot. Um, but uh, Jacoby Women could he be a top twenty-five player? Maybe. Sure. He's not there yet. I don't think. Uh, what are we talking, top 50 or something? You know, and then now we're just, you know, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous at that point. So uh, definitely an overreaction to, to you know, and I don't think he's – we'll see. I, I You know, Kenneth Walker changed their season, changed their yes. trajectory, changed what they were. Does Jacoby mm-hmm. Women do that quite to that extent? Yeah, I'm just not comfortable going there yet. If Look, if he goes out to Washington, has three more sacks, and then, you know, has – 10 by mid-October or something. Well, he may be all past that. You know, if he has 12 or something by mid-October, yeah, then know. maybe we'll talk differently. But it's uh, – it, and, again, like, the difference between well, – I don't really want to go. But, 
Yeah, it's an overreaction for now to call him the Kenneth Walker. Uh, he's more like, I guess there's really not a good parallel from last year either to him. But no, too much to call him Kenneth Walker. But here's what I will say about Jacoby um, that I think was really encouraging. And I'm, I'm probably going to write something about this or at least mention it uh, in, in a little review thing. But he, so he goes out there against Western, blows up, has a great day. And everybody saw he was doing that. It's like the flashy new move. They call it the ghost rush or the ghost move. Or, you know, where he just dips right under the offensive tackle. He bends right at the waist and gets right under their arms that are uh, outstretched. He did that, like, almost the whole night. And, and the day, the couple days later when we talked to him, he's like, you got to think about it like a chess player and always be setting up your next move. Always have a counter ready. And we saw against Akron, I mean, I think the very first snap, he's doing the long arm thing where you just mm-hmm. stick your arm out there, just keep the guy right off you where you sort of turn that corner there. Uh, he had a spin move, you know. Um, and there was at least – two or three other moves I remember uh, jotting down that were different, you know, obviously from that dip move, uh, that ghost move. And so he's got more counters and more tools in his bag. I think that's what's really encouraging. He's not just a one-trick pony. And he said he would have that, but then he went out and proved it um, against Akron. So there's there's more tools in the bag, which I think you got to like. And the only thing I got to see from him now, much like Brooks, he's always around the ball too, which I think you like. Yeah, but, totally. Um, gotta just, I just got to prove it, or I got to see him prove it against Power 5 competition consistently. That's the next thing. Amen to that. Yeah, and we're going to get a really nice test coming up here against a solid Washington team. Um, and hey, we'll get to them in a hot segment first, Steve. I'm so sorry. I just got to say goodbye to you once again because I got to talk to people's ears off about Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. That's right. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group are your local farmland specialists with decades of experience in the Corn Belt agriculture. No one knows the market better, whether you're looking to do a 1031 exchange, expanding your operation, or selling a row crop farm. Your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. And great service is just the beginning at Acre Pro. Acre Pro provides unparalleled land data, including soil ratings, elevation, flood zones, and land valuation across parcels so that you can get the full picture up front and be confident in the entire land market. Your agent will cater to each of your individual needs and help you navigate the complexities of buying and selling land so that the process is made simple. Experience the ease of Acre Pro by working with farmland specialists like Kyle Rule, Brady Hammond, Neil Herr, and Kyle Spray. Visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, that's 765-87-3185. Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. And as we welcome back the wonderful Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, hey, just once again, thanks a lot for making us your first watch or listen every single day. It's overreaction or proper reaction because, you know me, I can get a little too jumpy here when I'm talking about Michigan State. But Not you, talking, never. You see, okay, thank you. I'm glad you recognize that. Yeah, no, I'm very never. level-headed. I'm always between mm-hmm. like a 4.5 or 5.5. I'm never, you know, right. high too high. As long as I've known you, low. yeah. Can, very consistent no, I, all the time in that. Totally still wasn't sweating when the game was uh, 35-0 against Akron on Saturday. No, that'd be a sick thing to do. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was a healthy reaction to me watching the Akron game. So surely uh, this Saturday will be just a, an easy watch for us. Uh, Steven, overreaction or proper reaction, I'm scared of Washington. I'm scared of Washington. That's it. That's, uh, I'm scared of Washington. That's four words. That's all I have for you because, look, they, they've faced arguably even weaker competition than Michigan State so far this year. Kent State, Portland State, they've pile-driven them both into the ground. But Michael Penix and Kalen DeBauer, I mean, that's a great, great duo right there. And they seem to have it clicking early over in Seattle. And I just hate road games. I'm still scarred by what happened in Tempe not too long ago, so I'll just stop babbling and spiraling. Overreaction or proper reaction to be scared of Washington? (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah. Take take I'm out of it because I mean like you're going to be scared of everybody. So like that's proper yeah, for true. you. But like, should yeah. Michigan State fans yeah. be worried? Like, like I've been saying all summer. I don't think so. Okay. Um, to be honest, like I I really don't. I, I know a lot of people have made this into a, a a big showdown or a big challenge or a big test, and it, it is a test relative to the first few games. I don't think there is, you know, from what I can tell, I don't think there is as good or as scary as as going down to Miami last year. And look, okay. Miami's fizzled out. They they you know uh, sent Derek King to a farm uh, upstate and and all that. <laughs> but like that was a scary team with Rambo and him and some of those other yeah. guys. I mean, I don't. I don't see it with Washington. I haven't all summer. And when I watched them against Kent state, I didn't get to watch them last week. Um, but when I watched them against Kent state, like it kind of reinforced it. I just, I don't, I don't see a huge threat there. Now the situation, the circumstances, the three hour time difference, yep. maybe that gets weird and guys lose their mind or something. And, and, and that goes sideways, but man, the way that they came out focused and locked in and had that plan and executed that plan in Miami last year, despite what Mel said today about having no relevance, I do think that uh, if if they can do something like that again and lock in, then they'll. I think they're going to win this game. I mean, Washington is. I don't. I don't like their skill players at all. First of all, I don't think Penix okay. is thrown to anybody special. I don't think you know he is a good player, no doubt. Uh, yeah. But folks also after you know, I know Michigan State fans have PTSD from Michael Penix and then they're scared about him. But they also I don't think are remembering uh, the 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 time he really uh, diced him up was in 2019. Um, when D'Antonio obviously was still here, they played him in 2020 and he was, he was all right. And, and they, Michigan State got shut out, but that team had other issues when, when Penix really came in and carved him up and actually took the L though, uh, that was the D'Antonio defense. And people don't remember that was just death by a thousand cuts. It was not like 2014 JT Barrett, like bombs away 60, 70 yarders all night. You know, it was just, yeah. it was a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there, death by a thousand cuts. And that's what the D'Antonio defense would give up a lot of the time. He was just hitting open guys in the flat over and over and over and you know can completing little check downs at the line of scrimmage hit him hit him in the flat four or five yards at a time boom keep doing that keep doing that uh this is not the same defense this is not the same scheme so for anybody that's worried you know as i said Penix is good he's got his old coach with him like that's a good duo they're gonna have something good schemed up but this isn't the same scheme michigan state wise that he diced up uh you know a couple years back that that made people really open their eyes to him so i would remind folks of that Again, I don't think their skill players are very good uh, from what I saw against Kent State. And I just think in general, you know, from the transition to Jimmy Lake, for near the end of the Chris Peterson tenure, they had a lot of draft picks that, that went on, you know, and left the program. From the Jimmy Lake transition to DeBoer, uh, they had a lot of guys exit through the transfer portal, you know. So I just don't think uh, it's a team that, you know, it's, it'll, be a, it'll be a solid test, but I don't think it's what people mm-hmm. are making it out to be. I get it's the only Power Five, and it's a road trip, and that, that part is, is a little intimidating, but – on the field, if Michigan State shows up and plays a solid game, like I think Michigan State's going to come back three and zero. I thought that all summer. Um, I, I'm a little less confident now, seeing both teams. I got to admit, you know, I'm still very okay. curious about the offensive line. I don't have a ton of faith there yet. Uh, Thorne now is obviously concerning, but all in all, I don't see it as the same sort of uh, intimidating, you know, daunting challenge on the field. Like like going to even a Miami was last year. I don't think Washington is is that good to be honest. And Look, uh, this clip will be right here. Folks want to make fun of me next week, and that sure, goes sideways. Yeah, yeah. But I've been feeling that all summer, and their Kent State game that I watched didn't change my mind. You know, I, I I think that this is just more of a psychological issue I have, is that if the, the road game at Arizona State never happened a few years ago, I think I'd be feeling fine about this game. But, like, I just have scars that will never heal from that game because, like, hey, speaking of not that good, you know who else wasn't that good? 
Arizona State, when Herm Edwards and company uh, decided to defeat the Spartans on the road. But it will be, I think, quite literally 50 degrees cooler uh, for this game in Seattle than it will be in Tempe on that fateful September night. So uh, hopefully that helps uh, as and well. Washington, as think- former, I've seen they've struggled to fill that stadium. And yeah. I, from what I've gathered, yeah. it seems like a lot of Michigan State people are interested in going out there. I don't know how many actually are, you know, are following through, but I think there could be a, a chance that there's a pretty pretty strong Michigan State showing out there as well. So, um, yeah. you know, you get up, a, get up a score early, and now you're just sort of sightseeing and playing ball. You're not worried about any sort of hostile <laughs> atmosphere and everything. No, I think it will be like a neutral field site. And again, hey, that, that's another clip to air out here if, you know, Washington does pack their stadium. But just <laughs> like you said, they, they haven't yet. And I get there's no, you know, real good competition they faced yet. But it, neither a state and Spartan Stadium has been popping the last two weeks, Stephen. This is a rabid fan base and a fan base that's going to travel to Seattle pretty well. And speaking of traveling, let's get to the last one here. We're going to switch sports, Stephen Brooks. It actually just came oh. out today per John Rothstein, that your Michigan State basketball Spartans, ladies and gentlemen, are in the 2024 Maui Invitational, so the last overreaction or prop reaction. Stephen, I'm in the midst of liquidating my entire 401k right now to go to the islands, to spend Thanksgiving on the islands and watch Michigan State. Is that is that just normal, proper behavior, or am I uh, making a financial uh, error right here, as uh, the, the folks would, would call it? Yeah, no. So uh, that's that's proper. That's that's okay, proper you. for sure. And, okay. and I don't even know if you know. With all due respect, I don't. Even, you know, you might have to pick up a second job after you liquidate the retirement account. I mean, no problem. It's cheap. It's not cheap getting out there. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I think if you've, if you've never done it, I should say. Uh, and I don't think you have. Maybe you have, but I don't. But if if, if anybody has never done it, I would say for sure, um, because it's Hawaii. It's awesome, of course. First of all, you know the the events always great, but. You know, let's just be real. Like the Izzo era, however long it's going, is winding down. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, it'd be fun to go out there and support him, support those guys. But also there's no guarantee that Michigan State will be a program that gets invited to these type of things in, you know, forever in the post-Izzo era, where it's always just a given every four or five, yeah. six years, you know, uh, the last 20. Maybe it, who knows how many more times it'll happen. And so what are we talking about? 2024? Uh I mean, think about what type of team that could be with the 2023 recruiting class. Xavier Booker, Jeremy Fears, Garrick Norman, Cohen Carr. Are all those guys back? Are three of those guys back? Are are, are four of them back? You know, I mean, yeah. Just, yeah, as sophomores uh, leading that team, what 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 type of potential could that be like? Um, so, you know, you, well, of course you judge 2023, but I mean, maybe that's the start of a title run or, or a team that, ver- that very much looks the part of a title contender. And then you could say, hey, I saw him at the very beginning uh, – the flip side, though, is I guess if they do make that run, those are the three other expensive weekends you're going to have on the docket later on. And so I don't know if the week if the week in Hawaii is worth missing the Final Four and all that. Or you look, hey, swing in both if you can. But uh, just something to consider, I guess. But, uh, yeah, given given what the team could be, given that it's just – it's freaking Hawaii, what else needs to be said? And, uh, and, yeah, I mean, who knows how many more times they're going to be doing this at a high level. I mean, I guess not not every team there is top 25, of course, and, and I don't know how they pick – some of those other uh, programs to get in there, but who knows? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it might not always be a given the way it is now, I guess. So absolutely go for it. Okay. I think I'm gun ho. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to come back with a hellacious sunburn, some, some lays as I uh, just go back and make a nice home in a new uh, empty refrigerator box. Um, but hey, at least I went to Maui. Like, how cool is that? So look at me. Maybe go. I don't um, know if they have mobile betting out there yet, but maybe research that. And you know, you could just oh, win your whole trip back. You know, bet it all and stay and just ride no ride with them the whole way and. See if you can win your uh, your plane ticket back. 
see, that's an absolute no-brainer. And I also got two years to do it, too. I mean, I, that's a lot of time to, like, write, you know, friendly uh, ransom notes to, you know, the CEOs at uh, Get Upside or Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. Just to politely, okay, a polite ransom note, politely ask for more sponsorship dollars to uh, foot this probably high five-figure bill that uh, a trip to Maui would be. But, hey, we're we're not above that. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're not above that. I, I will be penning some cutout magazine letter again friendly ransom notes here uh, after we're done with this call Stephen, which uh, is pretty soon because i've burnt up enough of your time Stephen. and uh, once again you were generous enough to join us for a game of overreaction prop reaction after some melt with monday or mondays with mel talk i should say thanks again man you, you are quite simply the best anything to plug any hot stories coming down the pike here in a hot second uh just every day i mean I, i'm pretty happy with what we did last weekend and i think i've had some some stuff out there so uh yeah no sure. just spartan tailgate uh if you feel so inclined to support me uh, come and be a vip member we got a lot of good stuff going on the message board uh recruiting coverage of course is nonstop 365 and a lot more i'm going to be doing a lot more of my sort of regular coverage or game day coverage or just special stuff is going to be uh increasingly going under that banner i think um moving forward here so uh, that part, and I'm going to be out in Seattle. So, uh, you know, I have on-site coverage nice. out there. And so, yeah, sign up and, and follow along and, you know, make fun of whatever I write, I guess. Okay, yeah, whatever floats people's boat. We're just here to make people happy, Stephen. And in, in the end, that's yeah. what it's all about. And, uh, hey, you guys make me happy because I re-upped my VIP membership just last week worth every single penny, so you guys should do hey, the same. Thank you. Spartan t- no, 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 thank you. No, I could do this all day. No, thank you. Mr. Brooks. And thank you once again for your time. And thank you everyone else for watching and listening. You guys are quite simply the best. We will be back tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that as we lead up to kickoff Spartans, Huskies, Seattle. I'm scared, but not as scared as I was before this conversation. Everyone go enjoy the rest of your week. Love you all. Go green.